You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Amy 76 Bringing us into episode number 139 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris. Here with my guy, J-Dog. What up, what up, what up? And it's that time of, it's that time of year where we have to start bringing a special guest in. There's so much going on. It, You know, just two opinions. It's not enough. We have to bring in a third. We have to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the second greatest coach I've ever encountered, you know, next to <laughs> Belichick. You know him by many names, but we call him Coach Nights. What's going on? Yo, yo, what's up, boys? Back in the building, back for for another episode, bring us some perspective from the sidelines, bring us some perspective as a former player. We're going to talk about OBJ returning to the league, going to the Ravens, and what this means for him and Lamar and the Ravens. Um, we're going to talk about Jeff Okuda, Jared's boy getting traded, and maybe a change of scenery would help him. Buck we're off. also going to talk about the playing tournament. Bron, the GOAT, pulls it off. Even though Minnesota did everything in their power to just lose that game, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Heat's letdown. But fellas, let's start with the NFL. Let's start with OBJ. Let's start with this one-year, fifteen million dollar contract that Beckham Jr. got. And and talk to me first of all, Jared, about what this impact means for OBJ in his career. Will this revitalize him? And then how does this impact Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore? Um, let's start with Lamar first, because I don't think Lamar is really staying with the Ravens, to be honest with you. I think they're on the FaceTime call who I think OBJ FaceTime Lamar to basically tell him, hey, bro, you he asked him, hey, you stayed? He was letting him know, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Because remember, OBJ's the one that posted the, the FaceTime call. Lamar ain't never post nothing anymore. So I'm like. I don't still I still don't think Lamar is staying. I think that relationship is pretty much squashed at this point. Maybe I could be wrong, but they just gave what OBJ 15 mil guarantee, which is a lot of money for a receiver coming off a torn ACL, two multiple knee injuries. They just said that he played basically throughout the season before the injury when he was when, when he went to the Super Bowl, he was the ACL was already halfway torn before he actually fully torn it. So I'm like, we don't I just don't know how much I know he's had a year off now, but how much of a health risk that's gonna be. I think OBJ still gonna have a good season. You know, he has the incentives, 15 mils guaranteed. If he catches 60 balls, it's a million dollars. Right. Has a thousand yards, it's a million dollars. And it has at least nine touchdowns, it's a million dollars. That's the 18 million. That's the rest of the 18 million dollar deal. Two of those things he could potentially get if Lamar was playing, right? Now, now this is the OBJ aspect. If, if Lamar's playing, OBJ sees a thousand yards, I think, easily. And you can see either, I think the 60 catches is more feasible, but nine touchdowns is possible, right? A lot right. of slant routes. But I think that's where Mark Andrews and the running backs are going to take a lot of those from him. But 60 catches he could do with Lamar. Yeah. But without Lamar, you talk about Tyler Huntley, he can get 60 catches with Tyler Huntley because Tyler Huntley will force feed him. Yeah, but the rest of that, I don't know if he'll still get 1,000 yards. He might be shy of that even with a 17-game season. But we're, assu- we're, out. But we're assuming that it's going to be Tyler Huntley. It could be. Until it could Lamar be, makes a deal, I don't think it's going to be Lamar. It could be Lamar. I mean, he's still on, he's Lamar still on the contract. The entire, Lamar can sit the he entire could, season if he wants to. He could, yeah, but do you he think could. he will? I don't see why. 
My only issue is the reason why I would say I wouldn't see why he wouldn't is because they can just do this whole thing again next season, right? Yeah. But then I'm just like, Lamar basically played his prove-it year last year, and when he got hurt, that this this is the excuse they're trying to use for why he, they don't want to pay him the money mm-hmm. that he's asking for. Because he's not like they don't want to give him the years. He, he's got yeah. the, that's the crut, that's lock on his checklist. It's the guaranteed money he wants that's not checked off. They'll say, yo, we'll give you 380, but we just won't give you 200 million guaranteed of that 380. That's what they're fighting him for. <laughs> and right. he's like, no, that's that's where the issue lies. So that's why I'm like, if and Lamar at this point can push it all the way to at least week six, to be honest, or week seven, and then come mm-hmm. in. And if he does that, that still messes up OBJ's potential incentives parts of what I'm talking about when it says OBJ might not see this because of the yeah. incentives issue. But it'll still help the Ravens if Lamar decides, no, at week eight. Now I'm gonna come back because I only got to play half a season left, right? I, I just still, think it's just especially where they they end up too. Like if the Ravens end up really trash, yeah, decide to come back. Well, now he looks like a hero if they fall out. But even with the addition of like OBJ and Lamar, I'm like, do the Ravens even win that division without you know, like, Lamar? With, no. Yeah, but I'm like with Lamar, maybe it's a conversation. But it's just funny, like they paid OBJ, you know, like 14 mil and a signing bonus, like it's 15 mil, like guaranteed four years. I'm like, it's not. Paying, you know, the players isn't the issue. I know Lamar's thing is like the guaranteed money, but I feel like this move is kind of like a we're gonna put butts in seats regardless, like with or without Lamar. Like OBJ is man one of the probably the most marketable players in any sport, you know, let alone North America. So I definitely think that I think it's like a power move though. Definitely to lure Lamar back in, show that we're not afraid to spend money. It's just Lamar. I don't know. Maybe it's guaranteed that two hundred million guaranteed. I mean. I don't know. If he had an agent, I think it would have been done already. I think that they're not trying to break that precedent of players having so let me So let me ask you this question, because we're talking a lot about, you know, you mentioned that it's Baltimore trying to make good with Lamar, trying to lure Lamar back. But if you're Lamar, would you say, like, would this be a, a thought, like, the best you could do with OBJ off of two knee surgeries? You couldn't go out and get me DeAndre Hopkins? You couldn't go out and get me a, a, a top flight receiver? To pair with Rashad Bateman, you have all these guys yeah. who have, you know, who's made moves. We talk about, you know, I've I've talked about the Eagles. The Eagles thought like thought Jalen Hurts could actually throw the ball and got him receivers. Yeah. You know, you look at all these other teams, you look at Arizona. Arizona thought Kyle Murray could actually throw the ball, they got him DeAndre Hopkins. Baltimore has yet to get a top flight receiver. So I I question their confidence in Lamar Jackson's arm. Jared, what what do you think about that? Um, definitely in Lamar's arm. I think at this point there's they're still questioning whether they believe in him or not. But now I think it's also the injuries as well. They're questioning how mm-hmm. durable he can be for the years to come. He's been out or he's missed at least when the past two seasons are around nine to twelve games now. You're thinking about that and they're like, okay, we pay you this guaranteed money. How are you really gonna be healthy knowing how much you move, how this system's running, how many hits you take but that if that's the if that's the only question they're really having I mean Lamar it, it, I don't think it should be a Lamar arm issue brother. he's shown me that he can throw the ball he's shown that if he has the right weapons which we'll, we'll never know what right weapons he'll ever need but OBJ is nice but as Chris said I I if they brought in D-Hop I feel like this is a different conversation then I'm more inclined to say yo Lamar let's you can figure out a deal like you could really I work think D-Hop's I think the the thing that turned D-Hop off was this contract you know like who wants yeah. to take on 
when his production is falling, you know, these last couple of years, like, you, you know, an injury is oh. set a tone. Like, he is on the back end of it, like, as much as we all love DeAndre Hopkins, but I think but, he is on the back end. But look at, look at DeAndre Hopkins' circumstances. Like, he, he lost a bunch of time because of the injury and the PED suspension. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray got hurt. He was playing with Trace McSorley and Colt McCoy. And, like, them. that's not – those are not legitimate quarterbacks. You know, like, we talk about Lamar and – you know, you might want to question his arm, but he is head and shoulders better than a lot of guys in the league. And I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is still capable of being a top flight receiver. He might not be the number one or two guy he was in Houston, but I think to say that he's on the back end of his career, I think that's kind of premature. What, but I do, yeah, and I, but I do agree. Um, and I think that uh, I think if I, the main thing is just the contract. I think for me, like yeah. Hop is definitely a phenomenal player, and I. Heard something on ESPN the other day, which I didn't even know. They said it like the Ravens have never had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Nope. Like that is they insane. Never, to just no, think about they, all the years they never they never drafted one. Oh, they've never they drafted. Had, oh, okay, so they right, traded like they traded for Derek Mason, like Steve Smith. For Steve right? Smith but okay. They've never drafted, never drafted one. a receiver. That yeah, they is had, insane. They've had tight ends, which is crazy. Todd Heat. Yeah. Uh, they drafted Hayden Hurst. They drafted Mark Andrews. They've had top yeah. top tight ends. Shannon Sharp. They, yeah, they acquired Shannon Sharp, like they, but they had not drafted a receiver. So the OBJ move, let's let's give it a number. Uh, Nigel, I'll start with you. One to ten, how likely does this move make Lamar coming back to the Ravens a possibility? I think for this upcoming 2023 season, a nine. Definitely think a nine. Nothing, not much more past that, but a nine, solid Jer- nine. Jerry, what you thinking? I go six. Okay, so it's still on the it's still making a move, but maybe I not as. Yeah, it's a it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a I think it's a decent mm-hmm. move. I think it's a little. It might be a little too little too late because it's like where yeah. where was this before we start? Because I feel like if if Baltimore came to the table with all right, all right, listen, we got we're gonna go out and get you OBJ, and then you start these negotiations on this contract, maybe you work in in, in more good faith. You know, this just seems like a. This just seems like one of the move, like one of them, like all right, yeah, well, he don't want to work with us, but we're going to try to work to make the team better. Would you? And I'm just going to throw this out there, and we're going to move on. Would you say that Baltimore has the ability to now? Because I've seen this mock floating around, Jared. I know you have you a good mock trade for Baltimore to acquire the eighth overall pick and trade with Atlanta, and trade Atlanta Lamar Jackson, and then go and draft Anthony Richardson. Do you have a new offensive coordinator? You have new offense coordinator, new quarterback, new receiver, and you can still play, you know, run the ball and utilize your quarterback's athleticism. What do you think about that? I was already thinking that. It was in my mind. Arthur Blake, he can say whatever he wants, but we, we know for a fact that the moves there, the team does what the team's going to do. And look at what they've just done getting a CUDA. Jesse Bates, you're talking about AJ Terrell's there. AJ Terrell still has question marks for me personally. But he's there. He's good. That D line is very good. Right now, all they need is a quarterback. I don't know if it's. I don't haven't seen enough to say. Oh, I don't know if it's Ritter. I haven't seen enough. Like I really haven't. I don't. I, I know it wasn't Mariota. And Mariota averaged seventeen. What passing attempts a game? That yeah, it's not him. If, if, if we're gonna say this is the system where a quarterback only goes to throw seventeen times, I'd rather be Lamar Jackson, where I know in those seventeen times he'll still give me some air yards and then he'll rush for a hundred. Mariota's not doing either of those things, so. I don't, I don't know if this, the system is going to change with Ritter, but mm-hmm. you talk about Pitts is coming off the injury. Lamar can help alleviate some of that, knowing that he's going to take him the time to dime to get back into 
good football that we've seen and know that Kyle Pitts should be giving you, and then you still right. have the young rook or now sophomore in Drake London, you can make some moves there. You can yeah. really do some things. Definitely pieces. You have good running backs also. Algier, Cordell Patterson still there, a nice Swiss Army weapon type of guy. Um, Nodge, what's your thoughts about that potential of, of Baltimore drafting a quarterback and just saying, all right, all right, Lamar, you win. We're going to trade you. Yeah, I think – actually, I love that, whether they do it with the Colts. You know what I mean? If the Colts just say, you know what, we're, let's go win ready. Let's get the short thing in Lamar Jackson. The Atlanta tree would be – I think it would be beneficial for, for both sides. You know, Anthony Richardson with new OC, Todd Monken, you know, OBJ, J.K. Dobbins going into, what, his third year, you know, hopefully, you know, a little healthier. I think that that could be exciting. That'll sell tickets. Just stay competitive in AFC North, you know what I mean? Like, the Ravens are – you know, primetime show either way. And with Lamar in Atlanta, I think that'd be, I think that'd be pretty solid. You know, with him, with Kyle Pitts, I can just imagine the fantasy numbers Kyle Pitts could put up, you know, with Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson running a little RPO back there with Cordell Patterson and then Drake London looking to take that next step. I think that's a great trade for both sides. You know, Baltimore hits reset. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have OBJ. You still get the shiny new toy. You know, he'll sell the jerseys and Anthony Richardson can just be, you know, posed as the hope. So right. I, I really like that a lot. That's a great mock. Speaking of a trade involving Atlanta, let's talk about Jeff Okuda, the former number three overall pick from Detroit, getting traded to Atlanta. Jared, I know you wanted to talk about this, definitely about how this change of scenery could definitely impact Okuda and 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 basically give the Falcons secondary a, a potential upgrade. Um, you know, they they were they were held down a lot um, last year. They had great moments. They had great pieces. You know, they had if they had a capable quarterback, I think they win more games. You know, that, that Washington game was ugly. They had a lot of ugly games and, and, and putting Okuda back there in that defense that's already kind of, you know, starting to get their footing and starting to get their way. I think it would definitely be a, a good change of pace for him and help revitalize his career. Jay, what do you think? I mean, it could. I can't believe you called him my guy when, you know, that's a for a fact Nigel's guy. That I, There's no way you thought I would Buckeye be legend. praising a Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's hold no on, way you thought on, I would Buckeye legend. I, did, I didn't realize it, but yes. Yeah, you, you must Jeff have that, that is to Ohio State University. No, I don't, Eagles don't even touch Buckeye guys like that anyway. Oh, if, my goodness. Don't if we did, what do you mean? What do you mean? Oh, Alvin <laughs> Jenkins. I, I late Trey Sermon. If we want that was to late, say. that was late, man. It was, it was late, Rogers. But with injuries limited to Okuda, he needed a frustration. I think I think he hasn't. He no, he might have only played ten games in his first two seasons in the NFL. So with that in mind, it's like you need they the Lions are ready to move past him, and then he, at this point, he, the Falcons are trying to really make a push for that secondary. You're talking about. Him basically competing with the number two spot, where I think Casey Hayward, as that's the guy that's the Falcons also signed. Even if he doesn't win it, he could still pretend to be a slot corner. But they they've set themselves up very nicely with the death and the signings of Clay's Campbell, David Onyeta, Jesse Bates, and the linebacker Caden uh, Ellis. Like they got some guys there on that defense where they're trying to go back to their throwback days when they had a very formidable defense. Slightly better now that maybe you could say Caden Ellis is a little bit better than Vic Beasley Jr., but they definitely have some pieces there where the defense is shored up, I think, a little bit. like that. You could rely on this defense a little bit more than you could have said for the Falcons anytime sooner, especially bringing him in and only getting him for what they got, which I think they only traded him for, what, a third or a fifth rounder, I believe? So it's like 
they the Falcons got him for good value. They only traded him for mm-hmm. a fifth. Especially if it's a guy that was a number three overall pick back in uh 2019 or 2020. So it's yeah, like I think, I, I think he has a lot. He has a lot of he has a lot of potential still. He's like he's only like 24. So this isn't like you got an, a, an old cornerback. You got a right. young guy that's now hungry because he had to prove himself now. Right. And he and he has the talent. He was the third overall mm-hmm. pick for a reason. But you put him, like you said, Jared, with an improved defense. You get Jesse Bates. You get Calais Campbell. You get these pieces around a young guy, these veteran guys that can help him, especially in the secondary and that defensive room. You know, you you don't know that like, a change of scenery is sometimes beneficial. You know, yeah. you look at look at look at. There's been plenty of guys that were labeled busts, labeled you know whatever you want to call them. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can call Okuda a bust, but he's really been plagued with injuries a lot. And uh, I think, you know, just, I think honestly, just kind of getting out, because you look at the teams that Detroit played, Green Bay was a very pass-happy team. Minnesota's a pass-happy team. Chicago, eh, whatever. But like, you're just getting, you got to play Rodgers twice a year, Cousins twice a year. You know, you're not, you're going, you're yeah. going to get burnt. You know what I'm saying? But now you go to a division where, who's the best quarterback in that division? Right, that's a, like, I'm saying, like, who's the best no, receiver? DJ yeah, Moore's not true, DJ yeah, Moore's not there play. anymore. So what? Dang, who is the best? I think that though. I feel like this this trade though, if the anything, bigger. it just oh yeah, bigger. Bigger. It showed Denver. the. I think it showed the Lions' hand a lot though. I feel like the Lions are definitely taking Devin Witherspoon. So if I'm Howie and the Eagles, we're talking to Arizona. You know, we just did you a favor with Gannon. I feel like if we want. I mean, that's if Witherspoon is our guy. The, the we're not Eagles, even taking. I'm going to know we're not taking a quarter no more. Nah, it's we talked. I, I haven't even told you. We're not. Yeah, doing, we're not doing. Well, that. It's, man, that's a, that's a, out yeah. of that. I think. Completely. Yeah, I think, and not to derail the conversation, but I think mm-hmm. when you when yeah. you resign Bradbury, yeah, yeah, it's like it's, it's over. That's it's over. It's a lot. Unless you was to go right. really young, because I'm like, I don't know how we hold unless on you, to all three. Unless but, the only way you would do that. Is you draft a corner, you put him in the slot, and you move Maddox to safety. No, man, yeah. you gotta move Witherspoon to safety. If we're that's what I'm, I mean, I think Witherspoon would be a great safety, but I mean, since he's gonna be a Detroit Lion now, you know, with yeah. this trade, I think that they're, uh, I think they're going young. They're hitting reset while they can. I think they're all in on Jared Goff. Um, they're gonna beef up. You know, I mean, the secondary is, I guess, you know, key and definitely in the NFC North. You know, looking at Kirk Cousins. I mean. Miners, Rogers, but you can say Jordan Love, they'll probably maintain that same kind of system. But the Falcons, I mean, they're loading up because the NFC South is wide open. That's probably I mean, I think Derek Carr going there doesn't put too much fear to Saints. It's just maybe going having to win in New Orleans is a you know, it's a challenge within itself, no matter who the quarterback is. We saw that with Taysom Hill. He won like seven games. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but Atlanta is definitely they're trying to build up something special. I think that Jeff gets a, a second shot, change the scenery. He'll be like definitely the the second the second best corner on the team, so he won't see the wide receiver ones. I think I think it's going to be good, and he's still a physical corner, you know, coming out of Ohio State. That was one of the things for him to be. I want to say he's close to like if not maybe six foot, floating around a little bit above, but he was always a willing tackler. Like I remember him at Ohio State making big plays, finding the ball. So I think if he can get back to that, um, and man, like he's already he's on like a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. So I think I think a second chance is definitely going to do him well. Yeah, man, it should be an eagle, but he won't be. You already know. <laughs> I'm just saying, he should be an eagle. The eagles don't draft quarters in the first pen. Pick. Yeah, Never. we don't. Uh, we just don't no, corner no, no. safeties. We won't touch them. Be prepared, be prepared to get that tackle. 
Yeah, yeah we're I think if Jalen Carter here. falls, we're taking Carter. To be honest with you, well, I mean, oh. I pray for Paris Johnson, but he can't play guard. He's definitely a tackle, and he won't. There's no point here. He's a day one starter, like. Yeah. But you know, he's a Buckeye, so by default, the Eagles stay away from our guys. But they do. That's it. Yeah. Speaking of Ohio and the state of Ohio, let's talk about an Ohio legend, LeBron James, and the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers playing in the playing game last night taking on Minnesota, and and some people called it a classic. It was entertaining for about three and a half quarters, and then that last five minutes of that fourth quarter was brutal to watch, but they pulled it out uh, in overtime after AD did one of the most idiotic things I've ever seen that by a non-sixer. Let me quantify that, by a non-sixer player. Um, by fouling Mike Conley on a shot that had no chance of making it. In the corner, mm-hmm. 0.1 seconds left. All backboard. Yeah, all side of the backboard, like Paul George <laughs> out there. But uh, Connolly makes three clutch free throws, pushes the overtime, and the Lakers pull it out in OT. Uh, Miami gets – basically get their ass kicked at home by the Hawks. Like, the Hawks just ran away with it. Looked like that team that gave me nightmares two years ago. So, of those two games, of those two winners, which was the most – impressive to you guys i want to say i didn't think that the hawks had any shot of winning that game i mean the lakers game they should have beaten the timberwolves it was definitely entertaining to watch the last five minutes were definitely a bunch of why is this game still on like i'm ready to go to a sleep bunch of, a bunch of bricks like literally but i was i'm glad to see lakers grizzlies in the next round that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch but I think that Hawks win, that Hawks win, just with all the, the Trey Young trade rumors, like in the play in, I think it's just absurd to me with Quinn Snyder done. I think, and Jimmy guaranteed a win, which is like the main thing. I love when players now, they have like, everyone has a platform basically, and that's being your Instagram or your Twitter. So whatever you say, something, you're reaching your target audience every time. And Jimmy Butler loves to take advantage of that. He loves to troll. But when he said that, he like guaranteed a win, I mean, I thought that Miami was going to come back out better. I want to say Kyle Lowry had, like, a game yesterday. He did. Um, he snapped. Like, yeah, Kyle Lowry, like, went off. And it's like – I mean, Vinci Lowry been, lost. Like, yo, like, I'm like, he wasted the best game. His knees are not going to go for the next series. Like, but it was uh, – that was a big win by the Hawks. But, I mean, the Lakers game was definitely impressive. Was, uh, to see them pull it out, AD kind of was attacking K. He looked aggressive. And I'm like, that's what you're going to need in the next series. So – uh, the Lakers do look good, but for the Hawks to secure a playoff spot. But I don't know, Jared. I mean, you watch both games too, bro. Talk to me. I'll go with the Hawks as well because, man, Lakers, to be honest with you, there's no way the Lakers should have kept that Grizzlies team. That Grizzlies, I'm not right thinking that had the Timberwolves team in it. I'm talking about Anthony Edwards had nine points and he shot like trash. Anthony but, Edwards, for real, for real, had seven points. He had a layup. At the, like a garbage layup yeah. at the end. Yeah. He played like trash. And you're looking – Mike Conley Jr., yeah, he had a good game. He played better than D'Angelo Russell, so it's making the, the trade for D'Lo look better in a Conley sense because the the Timberwolves, again, the Timberwolves look better with Conley than they do with D'Angelo Russell there. Maybe it's because this is better employees. The guy noted, but D'Lo had two points in his return. Two points. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm Conley not saying he's going to do that balling. against the Grizzlies, but we're talking about a game without Rudy Gobert – where they almost could have won it. People are saying with Gobert that they would have won it. Honestly, uh, they played better without Gobert, in my exactly. personal opinion. Like, Gobert 
basically had they, they they this game was that close because Gobert was off the court. I think if they had McDaniels, who if he didn't fracture his hand, would have won would have helped win them that game because of his defense alone. But I think the Lakers win wasn't as like the Hawks win was so impressive to me, not because of the fact that their bench like just thoroughly crushed the Heat bench, it's the fact that Quinn Capella had four and twenty one rebounds. We're talking about Bam and about who's supposed to be an all star. Twelve and twelve and what nine. Let's that's talk what he about gave it. Me. That's what he gave me in 41 minutes, 12 and 9. Pull the out the that, diamond tester. He is a fraud. This is the this is the guy <laughs> that was ranked one spot less than Embiid in the ESPN's top 100. Embiid was 13. This guy was 14. Talk don't about know, it, Jerry. Don't know who making this list, but that's wrong. That's he's his levels like it, it, with the list drop. It was wrong, but now it's a really it wrong because all season, all season, it was just constant. Overboating Bam, and it's not even Bam's fault because people think I'm hating on Bam. It's not Bam's fault. You're a guy <laughs> that's going to give me 16 and 8. I get that. But you're not an all star. And the reason why you shouldn't be an all star is because we need more bigs in the NBA. That's really how it needs. Like, if there were more bigs like that in like 2010 or 2015, he would never have been an all star because we had a guy, you could have named a Tim, you could have named a KG, you could have named uh, Chris Bosh, you could have named like five yeah. to six to seven bigs that would be that were actually superstar bigs. I understand Bam had a phenomenal games at times where he had a four, like a 30 bomb. I don't think he's ever dropped 40. 30 bomb. He's had a crazy block in a, a bubble against the Celtics. Last season, when they went to the conference finals, he played good numbers against the Heat. I mean, against the Sixers, and he had some good time against Boston. But he's starting to they the team's starting to figure him out, especially last season. Now, this season, these are figuring him out. The man can't yeah. shoot. He's a he's a he's a six ten traditional big little bit. He's a high level guy. He can really move up and down the court. But the team's starting to figure him out. Let's space him away from the rebounder spot so he can't get any rebounds. And let's let's force him to shoot these little middies or let's force him to miss layups. And that's literally what happened. They, they, they took him out the game. And when you take him out the game, now all you have is Jimmy. Lyra was putting was doing his like whatever throwback he had to when he was playing with. Kawhi Leonard, that's what he did last night, and it just wasn't enough because the rest of the Heat bench was what Caleb Martin zero five rebounds. Kevin Love played two minutes. I think he scored a layup or a free throw or something like that. Old Depot nine minutes didn't do a thing when we took one shot, and I think I saw Cody Zell on the floor for maybe half a second. <laughs> like the Hawks outclassed them start to finish. It, it, it was bad for the Heat after a while, and I, I, every time I saw them make that comeback in the third, I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna see Jimmy Butler start taking off. And it doesn't look like – I don't know if the drive wasn't there, if the energy wasn't there. I saw Haslam's face on the sideline, but it's just – the Heat just didn't look like they were just there to win it. Like, it looks like Jimmy was already kind of defeated as well, where he's like, man, my guys aren't even here with me at this point. What am I doing? Whereas the Hawks – the Hawks were trying to avoid the Bucks at all costs. A lot of a lot of it was also when the Heat – like, Jimmy was taking his usual shots, and his usual shots weren't falling. And after a while, I think Jimmy started off like, like three for – 12 or something like that, something crazy, something something like Harden, like, you know, but Jimmy just like, after a while, he couldn't, I, like he was trying to put the team on his back and it just wasn't going anywhere. So he just started deferring to Kyle Lowry, like everything with the Lowry and Lowry was hot, but he was the only guy hot, like Struess mm-hmm. gave you nothing. Vincent gave you nothing. Duncan Robinson don't even touch the floor anymore. Like guys that were in a, 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 a integral part of this rotation in Miami, really didn't play. Like, Cody Zeller was out there, but Okongwu was killing him. Capella is killing him. They're killing Bam. Like, Miami can't play small, so they're kind of stuck in this weird amalgamation of, like, 
half court, you know, ISO ball with yeah. guys that are not traditionally ISO ball guys. Like they're not guys like like Kyle Lowry's not giving you 30 a night with five threes. Like that's not happening every night. That's that's yeah. uh that's something that you have to take advantage of. And they couldn't, and they they got it within like they got runs, they made runs. Home team usually makes runs, but it just wasn't enough. Like Atlanta always put the fire out. And the, whether it was Sadiq Bay, whether, like I said, it was the Kongu, John Collins, DeJounte Murray. Like Trey Young shot one for eight from three. Mm-hmm. You know, like he didn't have a great game. Be honest, like, it's good, only going to get worse for him. Too. Good numbers, but he didn't really have like that signature Trey game. Yeah. What is that anymore, though? Like, what is the signature Trey game? The man yeah, no, is yeah, all season. Well, we, we know what the signature Trey game yeah. is. He's going he to give you, like, 25-plus. He's going to give you, like, eight assists. He's going to give you about four or five turnovers. Yeah, but he hasn't been gonna, doing that this year. he's going to some threes. Man. Yeah, this season, Trae, though, he's been like. He need to go talk to lethal shooter. Yeah. He's not that good. I, I, I think a lot of it is also, you know, he, you take the ball out of his hand. Like you, Jeremy, and you talked about this. You, you guys have heard me talk about this. Trey Young had always had the ball in his hands. He didn't really need yeah. to play off the ball. Now you got him playing off the ball with DeJounte Murray, who also can't really play off the ball. Mm-hmm. So now you got thing. two guys, like, they need to they need to do – I can't believe I'm about to say this. They need to do what the Sixers do and stagger their minutes. Like, they need to stagger yeah. them with, like, put put Okongwu – or, like, if you want to pull Capella, put Okongwu out there with Trey and – Sadiq Bay and let you know Bay and Trey and O'Connell like run him with the bench a little bit. Like I having them both on the floor, I just I think it hurts them both. I, don't, I, I will say that might, though, with, but they gotta play DeJounte with Trey only because DeJounte will play some defense. Yeah, and you know yeah. Trey won't. So it's just like, all right, you know, like it, it kind of balances out because DeJounte obviously wants to. You know, he's – I think he was an all-star, if I'm not mistaken, or if not, you know what I mean? He definitely had, like, some good seasons. Uh, DeJounte didn't make it this year, no. Oh, it's oh yeah, 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 was, I mean, yeah. No, was he? Yeah, definitely not this year. But I feel like with the Spurs, I feel like he definitely – Yeah, yeah, I think he was, yep. Yeah, but he's, like – so he's been, like, a player, you know what I mean, averaging, like, 25-5, a little bit over that. He can flirt with a triple-double every night. And then with Trey, is, yeah, he just used to take shots, pick and roll with Clint Capella, if, like, similar to James Harden in Houston. If it's not there, we'll pull the three, or if not, we'll go to the basket and get the hand one. But I mean, the game week, there's guards in the East now. You know, you got to see Donovan Mitchell now. You know, you have to see you know, different guys. James Harden's playing. So it's like, it's constant pressure on the ball. But I mean, yeah, Trey hasn't sustained that at all this season. I'm looking forward, definitely glad that the Hawks won, though. But I don't know, man. This first round is going to be pretty interesting for sure, though. Definitely. I think the whole playoffs are going to be interesting. So as we wrap things up, gentlemen, let's start. I, you know, I have one more question to ask. Of the playoff teams, which team are you most interested? Which team or which series are you most interested in seeing in the in the first round? Could be East, could be West. Nigel, we'll start with you. You're a guest. First team that came to mind, obviously, is probably with everybody, Suns Clippers. Just to see what this Suns team is like. I'm excited for KD. I wish I'm mad that it's happening so early. Just because I do, like, I'm a fan of Kawhi. But, you know, just I miss seeing KD hoop. Like, it's just such a good thing to see that KD is, like, back healthy. And he has another shot. But I feel like KD definitely deserves another shot of the title. Because with the toenail on the line against the Bucks, I feel like we was robbed out of. But, you know, who knows? That changes so much. That just he, He's probably still in Brooklyn, you know, if his, toe, if his toenail is not on the line. 
But uh, if I could say any series, man, that Lakers Grizzlies is probably now. That's just because that's fresh. I think it's going to be a little, a lot of trash talking there. Oh man, the Warriors Kings is going to be good too. That's tough, but actually, I'm gonna stick to my gut. I'm gonna go Suns Clippers. Gonna be the most interesting. Just for my my eyes to see KD back to see what Kawhi can do. Playoff Russell Westbrook going up against KD. The storyline, yeah. you know, it's so many going on. And then Monty Williams back in the playoffs against Ty Lue. Two black head coaches going at it. Two of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. It's definitely gonna be some good basketball. Hopefully, yeah. I, I want to see seven. Definitely, I think it's going. I think it's going seven. I think it's going seven. Yeah, Jared, what do you think? Give me Heat Cavs because I can't choose the Sixers. I can't choose the Celtics and whoever they about to play. And I can't, I don't Bucks Hawks is getting swept. Hawks get swept. So what give would me, you give me, give me? Give me the Knicks Cavs. The storylines there is going to be huge. yeah. That's going to be good. That's going to be a good one. crazy. Yeah, Donovan think- versus the Knicks team that should have basically traded for him. Basically, he said that he was on his way to New York. He was yeah. on his way to New York. And Jalen Brunson, I just well, Jalen Brunson's Brunson playing like an all star, and he didn't make the all star team, so it's like, yeah, he should have bet it. And I, I forgot about that series, that's gonna be really that good. That series, I think, is gonna be probably the best series of the I, Eastern. I think of, of the ones I'm most excited to see, I think Lakers Grizzlies, I think, is my pick. I'm excited Ooh. to see what LeBron and AD have left in the tank. That was a very emotionally exhausting game when they played Minnesota. They've had to, yeah. you know, they've had to put a lot of energy just to get to seven. You know, it's spending most of the season on the outside looking in. I think it's going to be exciting to see how LeBron tries to turn back the time, how AD tries to, you know, take advantage of a of a also athletic big in Jaron Jackson. You know, Jerry, we talked about it last week. What I think play the air. What I think they need to do in Minnesota, uh, in uh, Memphis. But Memphis and Minnesota are very similar. So I wonder if the Lakers are going to try to take advantage of those those opportunities and mm-hmm. similar in terms of mental makeup because i think minnesota is notoriously choke artists you know they fold at any given moment and memphis has kind of started to not as bad as minnesota obviously but they're you know they have a lot of guys like i talked about dylan brooks you know you get him in his head and you, you know who knows what he'll do you know he's been chirping about the lakers he's you know going back to even before the whole shannon sharp thing that we've all you know everybody knows about so I'm excited to see what that series looks like. Would you be, sh- you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers even won that series, you know, so then you have a seven seed taking out a, a two seed, you know, in the first round. You could have a, you know, who depending on what this one eight, you know, one eight looks like in, in the, go ahead. The seven seed taking on the two seed in the second round? In the first round, first round. Oh, first round. I thought you said second round. I'm like, first second round. round. No, so you look at these. I think there's a lot of opportunities there for ups, especially in the West, because the oh, difference yeah. between two and seven is what, like three games? Like something. I mean, legit. You look at six games. and three, this Kings Warriors first round. Everybody, yeah, like, like, Warriors you, are probably the favorite. And, and the it's crazy the that everybody's like, it's going to be an upset if the Kings win a three seed beating the Sixers. going to be an upset. It's because the Kings are a three seed. That's why I say it's the upset. Kings. And they beat the reigning champs, though. The, the reigning Kings champs are in the playoffs seed. for the first Too bad time. They're they losing in four, but, you know, another sweep. Another sweep. Sweeps are just out. The game Brooms one. are just out this week. Game this, one, this, I'm this thinking it's going to Sacramento. Because, I mean, you got to think, the Warriors aren't even great on the road. Yes. So. This is gonna be the Hemi the Hemi lock of the week. Lock of the week. Like the beam this week. Yes, sir. Like I believe, I believe I had that, Jared. I believe it. Let's let's sprinkle on this. 
Kings in the playoffs. I believe you I did. Had. You got that one right. You, you believe, got that one right. I believe I had. Hey, homies, homies, we we all lost team. when we said Mavs are making the playoffs. You lost <laughs> that. Wow, imagine betting that. And that would have been a good bet for preseason. Yeah. And then you, you, get you, were, you were thinking college fighters? Wow. Listen, look, look where I had Dallas preseason. Two. Two. One. Two. Yeah, number one, one seed. Heading to one seed. That's yeah, yeah Dallas is a big – does Black Jason Kidd keep his job? Yeah. He should. Yeah, because who wants to, who who is willing yeah. to take the job? You know, Nick that's Nurse. what I'm saying. Do Nick, Nick, do Nick Nurse? Oh yeah, that. Nick Nurse. Oh, absolutely, he'll take that job. Nick Nurse is out. Nick Nurse in Toronto. I'm, I'm saying it now. Nick Nurse is out in Toronto. Yeah, it's no talent there, and he you can tell he likes he right. likes talent. Like yeah. he need well not needs it, but like they might he's win play or right lose now. to the Bulls with the playing, but they're they're a playing team until that organization figures out what's going on. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. So thank y'all. For listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in. We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes. So if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Make sure you follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials at SDTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW Hughes. Definitely follow the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok. We all around the world now. Make sure you follow Coach Nodge oh, as well. Drop the socials. Yes, Drop the socials. yes, sir. Underscore Nigel M. Probably on Twitter, but you know, just may have to center out some things, but you know, for the hot takes. <laughs> yeah, definitely a whole lot of hot takes. A lot of a lot of good feedback. A lot of good sports talk. You know, we we do yes, we do a lot of good sports talk. That's what we do. Jared, get straight to the point. Let's do it.